Blessed Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come into your blessed presence with our concerns, with our hurts, with all the things that are part of the problems of this life, living among the terrors that are part of our world. We pray now today that as we go over some of these things that are wrong, that we will be salt that will keep its saltiness and light that will keep bright, that we might see the truth and the truth might set us free. We thank you in Jesus' name. You're on. Welcome to Backyard Barbecue, Episode 6. As you know, we barbecue a lot more than hamburgers and hot dogs. We take to task our political figures and some of the ideas that are running around among the news media and whatever in this day and age. We honor the office of a senator or president or whatever, but we have the right as citizens to look at the person that's filling the office and see if they truly represent the people or whether they're often something else that is going to serve their own selfish purpose. It's been quite a week, hasn't it? A lot of things have come home to roost. The stock market has taken a nosedive. We also had a down rating of our rating by the rating people that rate our, the, our ability to pay back a debt. We knew it was coming. They told Congress and Obama that unless we had a four, a four trillion reduction in spending, they were going to do it. They didn't believe it. We have a so-called $2 trillion reduction in spending, most of which we'll never see. And, of course, they said what they did, what they said they were going to do. Why? Because year after year after year after year, our Federal Reserve System, our 12 banks in the system, with the International Money Fund and the World Bank, have been sending out loans to people that simply cannot do not have the ability to repay them, and they knew it. When a person has a loan, they're going to pay interest on it, whether it's a person or, <clears throat> or a nation, and that interest goes into the pockets of the financiers. Now, the standard rate of return for the Federal Reserve System is 6%. Take 6% of 14 trillion and how much money do you have? We know the feds reported, reported an income of 82 billion last year, which went into the stockholders of the fed system. Does that tell you where the money is? Does that tell you why Obama, who was paid for, his campaign fund was paid for by the financiers of Wall Street, and his re-election re campaign has already been paid for in a great deal by the same financiers, why they wanted him president. Because under his so-called leadership, the debt has increased tremendously, and every dollar that increases our debt is money in the pockets of the financiers. Always look where the money trail is, because that's where most of the things are happening. Easy loans. The European Union has 
given loans to all kinds of countries, you know, like Greece and Italy and Spain and Portugal and so forth. And we have too. Did you notice how nervous some of our financiers were when they realized that Greece was going to default? Well, we can't have you default because if you default, we're going to lose money. So what do we do? They did exactly what they have done in this country and in the European Union. They went to the taxpayer to bail them out. The taxpayer pays for the insolvency and the insolvency then is returned to the stockholders which are owned and operated by the financiers. That tell you what's going on? We had a partial audit. No, it's through the House of Representatives, they, were, they insisted on a total audit of the Federal Reserve System. Now, re, you got to remember that the Federal Reserve System has nothing to do with the federal government. It's a, it's a cover-up name. Federal Reserve System is a cartel of bankers. It was organized in 1913. They have never been audited. Isn't that amazing? Never been audited. Rand Paul and a few other people were able to get it through the House of Representatives that they were going to be audited. When it went to the Senate, they took all the teeth out of the audit. But regardless of that, they were, there was a partial audit. And this is what they found. $16 trillion has been given out to U.S. banks and corporations and foreign banks everywhere from France to Scotland. In the period between December 2007 and 2010, the Federal Reserve has secretly bailed out many of the world's banks, corporations, and government. Now remember, when the Feds issue a loan, whoever receives the loan is thereby able to print what's called fiat money. That is money with no backing. So suddenly, if Greece receives a loan from whatever source, World Bank or whatever, they are able to print money based upon that up to 90% of what they get. Now, what are they going to do with that printed money? They're going to pay the loans, and the loans are going to go back to the pockets of the financiers again. See how the system works? Let's look at some of the loans that they gave. Loans to... Citigroup, 2.5 trillion. Morgan Stanley, 2.4 trillion. Merrill Lynch, 1.9 trillion. Bank of America, 1.3 trillion. Barclays, United Kingdom, 868 billion. Beer Stearns, I don't know what that is, but they got 853 billion. Brokerage House. Goldman Sachs, 814 billion. The Royal Bank of Scotland, 541 billion. JP Morgan Chase, 391 billion. The Deutsche Bank of Germany, 354 billion. The UBS Bank of Switzerland, 287 billion. And so it goes on and on and on. Why were these people given this money? Because as soon as they received it, they were able to convert it into fiat money and pay their various debts. And that debt went back to the banks that held the money and into the pockets of the financiers. That's how that system works. 
And also, we I have found out that this year, since the audit, they have spent $2 trillion and refused to tell anybody, Congress or otherwise, where it went to, or who got it, or what purpose. That's $2 trillion that is totally unaccounted for, issued by our own Federal Reserve System. Isn't that enough to make you really unhappy about that system? That is why some people say the only way we can get back to solvency in our country is to get rid of the Federal Reserve System. Oh, we can't do that because they regulate. Hey, that's exactly why they exist, to regulate, to see to it that they don't get hurt. Not for your benefit or for my benefit. It's for the benefit of the financiers, J.P. Morgan and Rockefeller and their descendants that set it up in the first place. But I wanted to talk today about entitlements. We're a group here sitting together going, talking about these various problems that we have. And one of our ladies has a question she wanted to ask. I'm interested in finding out if Social Security is an entitlement or is a savings. Thank you. About two, three sessions ago, I talked about how language is modified to fit a half-truth. Social Security is not the same thing as money given as an entitlement, let's say, to the Planned Parenthood or something like that. Planned Parenthood pays nothing in, and so whatever they receive is a pure gratuity. Social Security is different. We pay into that. Now, we can say we, a given person, should they live to be 90, will not have paid, will not have paid in as much during their productive years as they're going to receive out of Social Security. But remember this, more than half of our population never reached the age of being able to collect on Social Security. So why it is a half-truth that those who live a long time will receive more money than they paid in, a lot of other people receive nothing. And you know how much you get out of Social Security uh, the family gets from the death of the person who has a Social Security um, payment system? $243 or something like that, between two and $300. That's a cheap payoff for a whole lifetime of paying into the Social Security system. So it is a half-truth is a lie. Social Security is not an entitlement. It is labeled an entitlement so that the radical left, the Democrats, can accuse and say to the Republicans, oh, you're going to take away money from Social Security because that's an entitlement. The entitlements that they're talking about has nothing to do with Social Security, and they have said so many times over the air and on various news um, broadcasts that the salaries of Social Security, the armed forces, etc., etc., will not be touched after true entitlements. Now, let me read a list to you of some of the entitlements that the Republican House proposed cutting 
but they were not able to get it through in the final settlement. So these various entitlements are still in operation. Listen to this. The International Fund for Ireland, $17 million. International Fund for Ireland? The Legal Services Corporation, $420 million. National Endowment of the Arts, $167 million. Amtrak subsidies, $1,565 billion. Amtrak. Eliminate duplicate education programs. They were going to eliminate $1.3 billion. They weren't able to get it done. Those are still in the budget. A Woodrow Wilson Center subsidy of $20 million. Cut in half the funds for congressional printing and binding, $47 million, which did not get passed. They're going to spend the whole amount. Beach repl replenishment, $65 million. Exchange program for Alaska, natives, native Hawaiians, and their historical trading partners in Massachusetts, $9 million. Intercity and high-speed rail grants, $2.5 billion, and it's still being paid. Appalachian, Appalachian Regional Commission, $76 million. Economic assistance to Egypt, $250 million. Presidential Campaign Fund, aha, $575 million savings over 10 years, it's still in the budget. Presidential Campaign Fund. No funding for federal office space acquisition was supposed to have been cut at $864 million. It's still in the budget. Prohibit taxpayer-funded union activities by federal employees. $1.2 savings. It didn't get cut. Eliminate the debt gratuity for members of Congress, $15 billion. Eliminate mohair subsidies, $1 million. Anybody raise mohair? <laughs> Eliminate taxpayer subsidies to the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, $12.5 And we're still being paid. And we know who the person is that was instrumental in getting that through. Thank God he never got to be president. Huh? USDA sugar program, $14 million. Eliminate fund for Obamacare administrative costs. It didn't get passed. It's still in at $900 million. Ready to learn TV program, $27 million. The HUD PhD program, Questions after questions. What in the world is going on that we can spend money like this for entitlements? You see, we have trouble in our culture of distinguishing between wishes and rights. And a long time ago, Davy Crockett had wrote a little pamphlet about his struggle when there was a catastrophe in New York, and the federal government was going to meet some of the, uh, the costs of that catastrophe. And he voted for it, and he went back home and found out that some of his constituents were really upset. But the question is, 
why did you give money to New York and didn't ask me whether I wanted to give the money to New York? Furthermore, this lady down the road here who has just lost her family and everything, why didn't you give her some money? Davy Crockett came to realize there's a difference between government giving your money and mine, which doesn't cost them anything, and we giving it when we want to give it for a very charitable cause. See, there is where the problem lies. Wishes versus rights. We're faced with the unholy alliance between the, in, in, the indigent, the politicians, and the Fed. Realize this, that every dollar we spend for so-called humanitarian purposes is paid for by money that we don't have. So we go to the federal government and we borrow it. The federal government borrows it from the Federal Reserve System. And every dime that they borrow, money in the pocket of the financiers. You see, the financiers of this country have discovered something. It used to be that you had to get us into a war to really make money. And make no mistake about it, the financiers have become very, very rich on each one of our wars. But they found out that they can get the same return from various entitlement programs given out to people who need who need to have housing out in Tacoma, Washington. And so we spent $2 million on some housing. Excuse me, that's $2 trillion on Scott, two uh, billion, I'm sorry, $2 billion on housing out there for, and guess who's sitting in those houses? Illegal aliens. Because we no longer deport them back to Mexico, that costs us too much money. We give them housing in this country, which gives them certain rights and certain things. Now, let me read something to you. We want to find out where a lot of our money goes matching illegal aliens. 11 billion to 22 billion is spent on welfare to illegal aliens each year by state governments. $22 billion a year is spent on food and assistance programs such as food stamps, WIC, and free school lunches for illegal aliens. $2.5 billion is spent in Medicaid for illegal aliens. $12 billion a year is spent on primary and secondary education, school education for children of illegal who are here illegally and they cannot speak a word of English. $17 billion a year is spent on education for the American-born children of illegal aliens known as anchor babies. $3 million a day is spent on to, to incarcerate illegal aliens. 30% of all federal prison inmates are illegal aliens. 30%. $90 billion a year is spent on illegal aliens for welfare and social services for, by the American taxpayer. $200 billion a year is, is suppressed. Um, American wages are caused by illegal aliens. That is to say, illegal aliens are getting the jobs, and we're paying the people who are out of jobs to, uh, out of our federal money. In 2006, illegal aliens sent home $45 billion in remittance to their countries of origin. 
the total cost $338.3 billion a year. If you're like me, having trouble understanding this amount of money, $338,300,000, which would be enough to stimulate the economy of the citizens of this country. Is that stupid? Yes, for letting those in U.S. Congress get away with letting this happen year after year. We need to take an, a look at one of our small victories this week. In the state of Wisconsin, the, uh, they had to pass, they passed, they were able to pass through a bill making the people who are part of the, of the social security, I mean, of the uh, public unions pay more in their various health programs. There was a big raucous union spent and trashed 1.5 million in the city of Madison alone, trying to get them to repeal it. It didn't happen. And then they went after a recall to get eight they thought were vulnerable Republicans to turn into Democrats, and then they could control the Wisconsin Senate. This past week, they lost. They were able to be, they were successful on two, but they retained four, so the Republicans retained the majority in the Senate, so they can go ahead. But in the process, the unions spent many, many millions of dollars in an attempt to whitewash what they were doing. Thank God they wasted their money. Huh? A victory, not very big. You see, we've seen a film yesterday called The Agenda, Dumbing Down of America. I recommend all of you see that film. It tells us what's going on. What it doesn't tell us is that who's behind it. We talk about socialism, we talk about communism, we talk about their agenda, and every bit of it is correct. We talk about the dumbing down of America, and I can tell you, because I'm a professional educator, that the students we have coming into our colleges and universities are poorer prepared today than they were 20 years ago. They are deficient in science, they're deficient in math, they're deficient in history, they know practically nothing about history, and they are deficient in the English grammar. Dumbing down of America. Why? Because as soon as the people know what's going on in the financial circles, they are going to see to it that some heads roll. I recommend that every one of you read The Creature from Jekyll Island, a very well-documented, very well-researched, uh, program or book on the uh, so on the federal in, uh, so on the um, federal reserve. budget. Pardon me. Federal reserve. On the federal reserve. That's right. I couldn't get that second word out. I guess maybe my my spirit was saying, "Don't even mention that name." <laughs> you see, money is to be made when you have people that don't understand the money system. We're all so used to going into a bank and getting a loan for a car or for whatever, and we pay some interest and then we pay it back and so forth and so on. 
And we think that's how the Federal Reserve System works. It isn't. The Federal Reserve System works very, very differently. It is a consortium of 12 banks throughout the United States linked together with the World Bank and with the International Monetary, Monetary Fund, and they are determined to have no fluctuations in the um, financial world. At the same time, loan out as much as you can to the very last penny because there's where our income is going to come. And if we get in trouble, we'll go to the taxpayer and they'll bail us out, as we did Fannie Mae, as we did the banks, as we did the automobile industry. Why do we bail them out? Well, it was for the good of the American people that we bailed them out. <laughs> really? How did that happen? But we bought it, didn't we? We even had some of our politicians saying, we have to do this. Why do we have to do this? Well, because if we don't do it, there's a lot of people that are going to lose a lot of money, and we just can't have, let that happen. Of course, it didn't say that. There's an alliance between the socialists and the financiers. Let me point this out. The backing of Obama for his presidential campaign was financed by the American financiers through many different organizations, Goldman Sachs, etc. When he needed some money to start his re-election campaign, where did he go? To Wall Street. And that's where he got his money. There is a, an illegal relationship between money and the banking system and politics. I'd like to have each one of you take a time, if you have, to read the story about the rise and fall of the Third Reich. In 1932-33, Hitler came to power. Why? Because the international, the German people were suffering under all kinds of deprivations and one thing or another, and Hitler sounded good. He was a gifted orator. He could make people think that black was white. He was not a German. He was an Austrian. Well, that's half a German, I guess. But whatever it is, he sold them a bill of goods. And because they sold this bill of goods, we have World War II. Don't ever think that we are exempt from that same process. We are no more intelligent, no more technically oriented, no more civilized than the Germans were. We, and if we go through a crisis of the magnitude that they went to, and right now there are various economists that are saying we're facing a brink of a terrible crisis, somebody will come to the foreground, God help us if it's Obama, and he will promise to us all kinds of things as long as we can turn our hatred on somebody Maybe it's all those rich people that are not paying their dues, you know. So we have that illegal alliance. And remember, it happened in six years. That's less than two presidential terms of office. And you know what happened. You know how it happened. And you know that it's happening today. Is there no hope? Yes, there is. There is a God, a creator who made this world, and it operates on natural law. 
every science in the United States, or the world for that matter, has thick books on how the laws of this creation operate, from astronomy to zoology. And it doesn't make any difference what any leftist, rightist, socialist, or anybody else says, those laws are going to work. They will continue to work. And whether I believe that or not is totally irrelevant. Remember, God tried to make it uh, impress that point when he gave it to the Ten Commandments, which is natural law, to the Israelites on two tablets of stone. How we need to have the recognition that you cannot lie, you cannot steal from people, you cannot manipulate the stock market for your own greed. You cannot do all this without having just consequences. And they are happening right now. And they will continue to happen. The sad part of it is that you and I live in the midst of what Jesus called the tares or the weeds. And we'll, have to, and we'll be living in the middle of these weeds all the time we're in this world. God just can't. You know, zap a bomb and everything's going to be fine. It's not going to work that way. But God is on his throne. And not one of the natural laws, including and especially the Ten Commandments, will ever be changed, obliterated, regardless of how much ignorance or whatever laws we may pass or whatever people think. So there's where we are today. We are in a world that has been manipulated into the problems that we have today for greed, for simple monetary greed. We've got to recognize that and we've got to deal with it because that greed has, stepped, has, has chained from Washington to the Federal Reserve System in Dallas to the Texas legislature to the various programs we have of various people in Texas that were paid to vote a certain way in this last legislature. Know your, know your enemy. Know what the enemy is. Know its tactics. Know what it's doing. They're manipulating the media. They're manipulating the various things that are coming out of the newspapers and so forth in order to get themselves off the hook. This is Lawrence Sinclair saying, keep the faith. We're not alone.